You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and teaching elder Adam Vinson. All right, really thankful for Ben and the deacons and all the hard work they do to keep our finances straight. It's super helpful for the elders to know that we don't we don't have to worry about that component of our church and have been able to entrust that to faithful men who take care of that for us. So really grateful and thankful for all the hard work they put in, not just to get the budget ready each um, year, but to also maintain it throughout the year. Um, just really thankful for that. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open to Psalm chapter 34. We have the most sermons to recap that we've ever had for an application Sunday and the least amount of time to do it in. So we're going to fly really quickly. Encourage you if you missed any of the sermons in Psalms to go back and listen to some of those. Um, we will probably do um, another five before we maybe move out of Psalms. I told you we were going to be here for a little while. We would leave, we would come back, we would leave and come back. And eventually over the course of several years, we would cover all of the Psalms. Um, what we've decided to do as elders, just kind of thinking through our teaching plan for this year, is to get back more to a definite um, time period for when we do our application Sundays. Um, and so we're going to be doing those every six weeks. So just kind of plan on five sermons and then an application Sunday. Now that we've gotten back to more normalcy with the food, um, that'll create a little bit more um, opportunity for us to partake of the Lord's Supper together, um, but then also give us more intentional time to hone in on less sermons when we talk about application Sunday. So uh, we'll do uh, five sermons in Psalm before we do our next application Sunday. But for today, we've got several to look at, and so we're going to go through these quickly. And then as I've started doing the last few times, I want to give you just a couple of things to remember over the course of all these sermons, and then a couple of things to do application point-wise um, as well. So let's look at Psalm chapter 34, and this is where we started with Adam McLeod. The summary sentence for that week was, God's people will experience suffering in their lives, but their suffering is under the complete sovereign authority of God to demonstrate his unwavering goodness to his people through his provision protection and deliverance resulting in the praise and worship of his people. I want to read a couple of verses from Psalm 34 starting in verse 8. Oh taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh fear the Lord you his saints for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Adam did a great job of showing us through the course of this entire psalm how God's people are identified in specific ways. They are identified as people who trust him, who reflect him, who need him. And then this psalm does such a great job of helping us to see the benefits that we enjoy being a part of God's people. I um, encourage you to go back and read through Psalm chapter 34 to see that even in the midst of suffering, um, we, we remain under God's care. And you're going to see that theme as we go back through these Psalms to see that God is always working his covenantal care towards his people. Um, and, and remember, we started this study in Psalms with the idea and the mindset that 
that we as individuals would hear things that we need to hear to encourage our souls, but then also be able to take that, that truth, that content, and share it with others who are struggling, who are experiencing difficulties as well. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that he takes care of us in the midst of our struggles. Psalm chapter 100, we went to the next week, uh, which was appropriate around Thanksgiving time. Um, And we saw some of the things that we have to be thankful for. Our summary sentence was, because of who God is and how he chooses to interact with his people, Christians are called to respond with joyful service and thankful praise. It's one of the shorter psalms that we've looked at uh, in the course of our study, but I want to read to you verse 5 once again. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. We saw this week how God is who he says he is. He's, he's a faithful God. He's a loving God. He's a good God. And he chooses to interact with his people in those ways. Um, and we're, we're called to serve him and to give thankful praise to him, to be thankful for who he is, to be thankful for what he does, and to be thankful for how he does it. Specifically, the idea that how he treated people in the Old Testament, he continues to treat us with the same faithfulness here in the New Testament today. And then we even talked about the assurance and comfort that comes from us as we get older and in age in life. Uh, For those that we leave behind, loved ones that are going to stay here on this earth as as we near the end of our life, to know that God's faithfulness will continue for them as well. Um, That God continues to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm chapter 106 we went to the following week. In the song of redemption... The many verses of man's failure and the severity of sin's consequences can never overshadow the chorus of God's faithfulness. We will do well to consider history in our daily fight for faith. Tyson taught us from Psalm chapter 106. It's a rather lengthy psalm, so we won't take the time to to read it in its entirety today either. But in verses 1 through 5, I wanted to direct our attention. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. This is a psalm that Tyson helped us to see as a a national confession where there's praise, there's petition, there's confession, there's more petition, and then there's more praise. Throughout the psalm, we saw the power of God, the blessings of God, the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the promises of God, even a reminder about the fear of God that we should have, the commands of God, and even the severity of God that looms as well. And and together, collectively, these things help us to fight sin daily as we remember these things about who God is. And This psalm helps us to kind of see the history of God's people and how he dealt with those people, particularly in the ways that they were sinful. Um, But what's encouraging is that the psalmist begins by talking about how he wants God to remember him and to count him amongst the chosen. It's that same cry that the thief on the cross has, right? He knows he's sinful. He acknowledges his sin, and yet he says, Jesus, remember me when you're in paradise. It's this casting of ourselves upon God's goodness and not claiming our own goodness that ultimately saves us. Psalm chapter 37, fretting not over the wicked. When we see sinful people prospering around us, we will be tempted to grow angry and envious. But we must remember God has promised to bring an end to the wicked and vindication to the faithful. Psalm chapter 37, 
I want to read to you verses 1 through 4. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. 8 and 9. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Verse 16, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Verse 27, turn away from evil and do good. So shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will, forsake, he will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. This psalm helps to answer the question, why do good things happen to bad people. It's a ploy by the enemy, right? We talked about how the fact that that Satan wants us to question if our faith is paying off when we look around and see non-believers prospering in ways that we desire. Is it really worth following Jesus if people who aren't following Jesus seemingly have all the things that we want? And I challenged you through this psalm to focus less on what is happening and more on what will be happening in the future, Right? This psalmist helps us to see that what is happening right now is temporary. We need to keep our eyes set on what will be the eternal state. The reminder also here is that if we worry too much about the evildoer, we'll become one ourselves. Right? The psalmist talks about how if we're not careful, we become angry. We become evil by focusing too much on the evil. Right? We grow envious. We grow desirous. We, 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 we covet the things that we don't have. And then we move from being in this, this righteous category of trying to follow Jesus and trying to pursue the things of him. Now we've deviated from that, and now we're living like the wicked. We have to be guarded and careful about that. Uh, the midst of, in the midst of being in a non-prosperous season in life, should only remind us more about what's coming in the future. I read to you a quote that week from Charles Spurgeon. He says, There is more of the love of God in your defeats than in the successes of the wicked. Let us not be envious of the wicked. Let us not crave to be treated like the wicked because their, their, their treatment, their, their um, prosperousness is only temporary. The reminder, too, this week was the path to dwelling and remaining in God's land leaves no room for murmuring and complaining about his providence. The path to dwelling and remaining in God's land leaves no room for murmuring and complaining about his providence. The next week we looked at Psalm 20 with Marcus uh, teaching us that week. Um, I want to read to you verses 6 and 7. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Marcus reminded us that the God of Jacob remains the same today, a consistent theme that we're seeing, that God treats his people in similar ways throughout all of history. He hears us, he answers us, and he remembers us. That's a consistent theme that we've seen too, the idea of God remembering his chosen people. Uh, The challenge to us this week was, who do we trust to provide for us, and what do we trust to protect us? Right? Do we trust the things of this world? Do we give our allegiance to the things of this world? Or do we give it to the one who has promised to always care for us, promised always to take care of us? Uh, even if it doesn't always feel that way now, this bigger picture, this bigger story reminds us that God always keeps his promises. 
Psalm chapter 8, the mindfulness of God we looked at. The fact that God would be mindful of simple man. God has chosen to set his mind and care on insignificant man as a means of showing his peculiar majesty by creating man with dominion over his creation and restoring that state of dominion after it was forfeited. Psalm chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? The psalmist talks about these mind-blowing experiences that we have in creation. These glorious things that God has created. That when we see these things, right, when we travel out west and we see the mountains of Colorado, or we, we go to the beach and we see the sun setting over the sea, these things that are just majestic and beautiful and awe-inspiring, right? We see the majesty of God in his creation. But we also see that in some of the simplest forms, God achieves victory, right? He talks about in the baby and infant minds and in their mouths, God achieves victories. We saw the application of this when Jesus comes and the little children are crying out to him, acknowledging him and who he is and his, his detractors, his enemies, trying to silence these individuals. And Jesus saying, no, they speak truth. Do you not understand what Psalm 8 was trying to help us see? God achieves victories in some of the simplest forms, which shows his majesty as well. But he keeps his mind on us. He keeps his attention on us, not because we deserve it, but because he gives us significance. The psalm goes on to talk about um, kind of the, the, the ideal man, uh, the, the ideal human being who is uh, given authority over the world, given dominion to rule and to reign, and we know that we don't do that well. Um, Jesus comes to be what we can't be in response because Jesus is the fulfillment, uh, as we saw these verses applied in the New Testament uh, to him. Psalm chapter 98 Right around Christmas time, we talked about God's faithfulness is seen in the works of salvation he has already provided, which gives us continued peace, joy, and hope in the present as we await the future works of salvation that are still to come. Psalm chapter 98, I want to read to us uh, verses 1 through 3 and then 8 through 9. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. The idea in this psalm is that we should find peace in the past works of salvation, meditating and contemplating all the work that God has done for his people in the past. That allows us to sing in the present, to sing as, a, as an act of putting our faith and trust out there that we trust the one who has promised to take care of us, to express that joy through singing, and then to keep our hope in the future fulfillment of these promises. The, 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 again, the idea being here that God never forgets his people. He hears us, he knows us, and he always remembers us. We talked about how he keeps his promises to Abraham. He is still keeping his promises to Abraham. So if he stops keeping promises to you, he stops keeping promises to Abraham. And he's not in the business of doing that. 
We even talked about from the Christmas side of things how uh, a child gets a, gets a gift they've been wanting and they think to themselves, my, my mom or my dad remembered what I wanted for Christmas, right? And we said that it's not really that the parent ever forgot. It's the idea that the child sees the remembrance through the acting of the parent. And that's how we see God too. It's not that we have to worry about God forgetting us, but we can cry out and say, God, you've remembered me as many of the psalmists do. You've remembered me because you were acting towards me in the ways that you've promised to do. Psalm chapter 90, numbering our days. We talked about this at the beginning of the new year as we look towards resolutions and plans for 2022. Because our life is short and passes quickly, we have a responsibility to number our days by choosing to engage wisely in the works that will matter most while praying for God to crown those efforts with his success. Life is short. We have a responsibility to use our days wisely and to pray for God to carry out those plans for his glory. Psalm chapter 90, verses 1 and 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever, you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. God is our dwelling place, written by Moses, who had many dwelling places, grew up and and lived in various places, didn't necessarily have a place to call home. He called the Lord his home. The Lord is our home as well. Verses 12 through 17, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have been afflicted us or as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Number our days with wisdom. Don't wait until the end of your life to realize the shortness and the preciousness of it. Use it for the things that are most important. Prioritize what will last forever and pray for God to establish those plans. Psalm 111 and 112, the works and the words of God. When we reflect properly on the works of God, it incites a desire within us to obey the words of God. And when we find ourselves in difficult times, the stability we have come to know about God keeps us firm, steady, and unafraid. We showed how these two psalms go together with the ideas of how we are to reflect upon both the works of God in the past and the words of God preserved for us in his Bible. Psalm 111, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright, in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Verse 4. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. Verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Chapter 112, verses 1 through 4. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness. For the upright, he is gracious, merciful, and righteous. Verse 6. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. These two psalms together help us to see who God is and what he has done and how it lays the foundation for why we should delight 
in obeying him. Told you it's like watching a movie where you see who the individual should be falling in love with, who they should be giving themselves to, right? Not this other individual who doesn't care, but for this one who behind the scenes has always shown their care. That's who God is. It's obvious if we could ever take ourselves out of our temporary nature and see the big picture, we would see how obvious it is that God loves us and cares for us and that we should certainly give ourselves in delight to obeying him. We also see the stability of God and his character impacts the God fear with his own stability and godly character, right? We see God's stability and how it translates to our own stability, even when bad news comes. So it's not a health and wealth. We will get everything we want if we follow Jesus. There's still dark times, but the light dawns in the darkness. There's still bad news, but we don't have to receive it as bad news. We can see God's goodness in the midst of it. Psalm chapter 27, uh, Chris brought us the word last week. Um, We see from Psalm chapter 27, I want to read to you verse, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 4 and 5, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will, counsel, or he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. A couple of things that I jotted down from last week. Uh, We need to be able to see the invisible to avoid having fear and worry. We need to see the invisible to avoid having fear and worry. Chris reminded us that we must read the Bible to improve that spiritual eyesight. The ways that we can avoid fear and worry and anxiety is to see things that we oftentimes can't see with the physical eye, to see God at work, to see God's goodness, to see him working and moving. To see those things, we have to see it through God's word. Right? We may not see it with our physical eye, but as we meditate upon who he is and how he takes care of his people, we will begin to see things that maybe we didn't see previously. He also reminded us that when grief pushes us to the ground, we worship God there. We worship him there when his grief pushes us to the ground. When, when we see the, the bad news, we can worship him in the midst of it. We've seen that theme throughout all the Psalms that we've been looking at. His goodness, his faithfulness, and reasons that we should continue to worship him. I want to give you three things to remember, and then three things to do in response to these psalms in our studies so far. The first three things to look at. Number one, psalms reminds us of the assurance that God always remembers his people, and the tendency for God's people to often forget him. I think we see that theme through these these. 10 weeks of sermons on Psalms that that God always remembers his people. The only people that are tending to forget is God's people forgetting him. He doesn't forget us. We have to fight to remember him. We have to fight to be with the community of believers in God's word so that we don't forget him because he's not going to forget us. The assurance is that God always remembers us 
We need to be reminded, though, that if left to ourselves, our tendency is to forget him. Number two, Psalms reminds us that while God's timing is different than what we desire or expect, he is always carrying out acts of covenant care. His timing isn't always what we expect or desire, right? We see the, we see the wicked prospering. We see the darkness sometimes that we have to walk through. We see the bad news come our way. We long for things to be different. The assurance that's given to us is that things will be different. Things will be different. Um, but maybe not according to our timetable, because as a thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years, the Lord functions on a totally different timetable. But we can take comfort and hope that he does have a timetable. He is functioning accord. Right? And he's always working his covenantal acts of care towards his people. Number three, Psalms reminds us to praise God, most noticeably through song, as an act of worship and trust for what we believe about him. We can't get away from the fact that the psalmists are call, calling us to sing, right? And not to respond by saying, I'm not a very good singer, or I feel awkward in singing. There is a mandate to sing, to rejoice, to celebrate the things that we are coming to know about him. It reminds us to praise God, most noticeably through song as an act of worship. So let's see the things that we should do then as we remember these things. Number one, have a targeted, planned time to be in God's word. If this isn't a priority, you have no reason to wonder why you are the way you are. Have a targeted, planned time to be in God's word. If we have a tendency to forget him, we have to fight against forgetting him by being with him. Right? There's times when I meet with parents at Trinity who are wrestling with the type of support that their child may need. They're struggling academically. They want to know, do we need to, to provide additional support? Do I need to go get some type of testing done? Is there something going on with my child? Typically, the first thing I look at is to see whether they have any zeros, right? If there are any zeros in the grade book, I, go, I look at the parent and say, we're not going to talk about anything until we fix the zero problem because I can't tell what your child's even capable of doing if they're just not doing anything, Right? Like zeros mean we can't get a real grasp on what your child is capable of because they're just not doing anything. I said, I need to see your child turn in something and get a 30 on it and have done their very best. And then we can talk about whether they need additional support, right? You may be dealing with worry, anxiety, depression, grief, uh, difficulties, challenges, whatever that may be. I would look at you and say, if you don't have a targeted plan time to be in God's word, well, then you have no excuse for what you are. Right? Until you have done that, until you have pursued a knowledge of God, a deeper knowledge of him through the word, you have no excuse for why you are the way you are. Right? Have a targeted time to remember him. Number two, be ready and willing to filter your life's daily episodes through the bigger storyline of what you know God has promised to do. Right? Let's don't get so bogged down with thinking in terms of daily what has happened to me and does God love me based on what has happened today. No, we've got to see the big picture. Right? Daily episodes put together create a big story. Think about movies and TV shows and series that we maybe have enjoyed. There's times in that storyline where things are good and then things are bad and then things re get redeemed. Right? In your storyline, don't get caught up in the daily episodes. Don't get caught up in looking how the wicked are prospering. Keep in mind the big storyline, the big picture of what God has promised to do. And then number three, contribute to making singing a normal way of expressing your love, devotion, and trust in God. Man, Tyson and, and the, the people who lead us on Sundays do a fantastic job of selecting songs and music to lead us into worship. 
to give us opportunities for our, our hearts and minds to overflow with songful expression of worship about who God is and what he's done for us. We need to prepare to use that time. We need to prepare to use that time. That means being in the word leading up to Sunday so that we come full, ready to pour out, right? To come with the intentionality of saying, hey, I may not be a great singer, but I'm going to sing and I'm going to worship because I've been called to do so. Contribute to making singing a normal way of expressing your love, devotion, and trust in God. Have a targeted plan time to be in God's word. Be ready and willing to filter your life's daily episodes to the bigger storyline of what we know God has promised to do. Man, I'm, I'm so excited for what God's already done for us through this study in Psalm. Looking forward to the next five weeks and what he continues to teach us. Um, and, and there's so many opportunities for you to continue to be with us. We talked about how uh, we know God best in the, in the midst of community, right? Like we need to be in community where we can uh, spend time together learning about God, not in isolation, but together. That's why Sunday mornings are so important. It's why additional opportunities of fellowship are so important. Our ladies are going to have an opportunity this week to gather for D groups, an opportunity to be in the Word together, to study, to learn, to know, to, to, to grow and mature in their faith. Chris is opening his house up tomorrow for, for our men that want to stop by on their way to work for coffee, just a time for fellowship, discussion, uh, encouragement, prayer. Encourage you to take advantage of these opportunities. Um, I want to also just kind of put this in your mind for next week. We're going to um, have normal service next week, but right after the service, for those that are able, we'd love for you to stick around for a meeting right after where we can kind of update you on some plans that we have for this year regarding our, our kids, our children, our nursery, and our youth. We want to expand upon the opportunities that they have to fellowship, to, to learn and to grow and to mature, and we're going to need some of you to come alongside to help us in that. Um, so we look forward to kind of sharing with you some fruit of discussion that came from our leadership retreat last weekend. We wanted to do it today, but I knew that we wouldn't have time to get into everything that we needed to do today. So we're going to do that next week. We'll do it after the service. Encourage you to stick around for those that can just to kind of hear what we want to see done um, through our kids this year, through our youth this year, and some expanded opportunities we're going to give to them. But let me encourage you to take advantage of these opportunities that are coming your way to be with believers, to be in the word we have a tendency to forget him. He will always remember us. Let us pursue a continual remembrance of him. Right? We do that best through his word. We do that best together um, through his word. We're going to take advantage now of an opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, a command that's been given to us uh, as a means of remembering who Christ is. Uh, we remember him until he comes back. Um, because we have a tendency to forget, it's great to do uh, the Lord's Supper, um, so that we can remember, so we can have an intentional time to reflect and to remember what he has done for us. It's also a public expression of um, what we have seen done to us, right? Our salvation through the body, through the blood of Christ, his sacrifice, his death, his atonement on our behalf. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And that's what we want to do today. We want to invite our believers that are here with us today. Uh, whether you're a member of Sovereign Hope or not, you are invited to partake of the Lord's Supper. If you didn't pick up the elements on your way in, then you're welcome to grab some um, right outside 
uh, during our time of reflection. Um, this is an opportunity for us, again, to express what's already happened to us. That's that we have put our faith and trust in Christ's body and his blood, his life and his death for our salvation. And it's an encouragement. It's meant to be an encouragement because we see that we're not the only ones that have done that, right? That we've all done that together and that we're continuing to trust him for our salvation. So our believers are encouraged to do that today. This does not save us. It does not keep us saved. Um, But it is an act of expression and worship as we seek to remember, as he's called us to do, what he has done for us until he returns. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Um, Instead of us singing together, um, while you're reflecting and praying and meditating and partaking of the Lord's Supper in your seat, um, we've asked several of our um, church family to come and to um, read some of these psalms over us. You know, I read bits and pieces, but we're going to read a few of those in its entirety. And then to close us out, instead of singing um, through the normal means of, of music and instruments and lyrics, we're going um, to corporately read through one of our psalms together at the very end, and Tyson's going to lead us in that. So I'm going to pray for us, and then you're invited to use the next several moments to partake, uh, to spend some time in prayer, and then to partake, um, and then to worship as, just, as you listen to some read some of these psalms out loud in its entirety as a means of worship as well, and then we will do so corporately as we leave. God, we love you and thank you for your salvation. We thank you that you have remembered us, and that you did so by sending your son to to live a perfect life, to die a sacrificial death, to come back to life three days later after being on the cross, so that we too have hope of resurrection. Thank you for the victory over sin. Thank you for the victory over death. It gives us great assurance that all the things that you have promised to us will come to pass. God, we thank you for always remembering us. We thank you for always working working out your, your covenantal acts of love towards us. God, help us not to forget you. We thank you for uh, the Lord's Supper and the, and the ways that it calls us to remember you. Lord, help us to remember you today. Help us to remember you as we leave today. As we experience daily episodes this week of our life, help us to filter those through the big storyline of what you were doing in and through us. That as your chosen people, you have counted us amongst your covenant people. And that we can receive bad news with steadiness and faithfulness. That we can trust when darkness comes, the light will dawn. We don't have to be envious of those who look prosperous. We can remain faithful and true to you. We can pursue you through your word and always trust that you remember us. We thank you for that today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org. Thank you.